0: Um,
1: so that we can get the human going itself first on um, the expansions and deviations of um, ISCON.
2: I will go.
3: Yes, Chair, Um, the network seems to be stuttering. I'm not sure yes. if it's on my side or your side, but um, we're checking in.
1: Okay. A We can hear you perfectly fine. okay. Yeah, I also have a natural problem. I've had to move from my usual spot, um, but to see those are rural problems, not your problems. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think we are good to go, all right? Um, I think colleagues are all here. <laughs> all right, colleagues. Um, good morning. Um, this morning, we are meeting with ESCOM, uh, a continuation hearing um, on expansions and deviations uh, for 2022, 2022, quarter one, and quota two. Um, so we will be in the hands of Umam uh and Osses uh, Benis this morning, Honorable Swartz, <clears throat> on the expansions and the deviations. So I think we'll start with expansions and then we will go to the deviations. Recording so in
0: progress. That
1: way? <clears throat> um, I am advised, um, I received this morning a list of uh, um, the delegation, which is uh, confirmed DPE and ESCOMM The minister is at the president's social compact meeting, which is taking place now. And so the delegation is from the DP side is led by the deputy minister and the DG and the DDG. And on the ESCOM side, excuse me, it is the board chairperson, prof, and uh, three other board members. And then there's the executives, um, which, uh, yeah. So I think we'll start in that way, Um, COO, CFO. I don't see the CEO um, there. So we'll hand over to you deputy minister um, and then we will go to the chairperson um, of the <clears throat> of the board and then matoha will be um in your hands um once that is done um so <clears throat> this as i'm saying is a continuation meeting um of the hearing that we had on the expansions
0: and uh, um,
4: which
1: well in Quota One the expansions were eight hundred and seventy nine million, quota two point nine billion. Uh, and if you go to the um the deviations and um, a similar scenario really of escalating numbers um so it, it exists where um in you know in and 2020, 2021 it was 11 it irregular expenditure rather was like at 11.6 billion and the they entered the 37 billion structure. But the allocated colleagues will help. We will not go through it. Members will feel May I therefore hand over to the Deputy Minister Board uh, of so, Colleagues, um, good morning. And I'd like to thank Honourable Swartz for stepping in. Um, there was uh, an urgent matter which Honourable Mentor has to deal with. All right. T.M. Uh, good morning. And um, over to you, colleagues. Welcome.
2: Our apologies, Chair, it looks like the DM is uh, still not connected. Uh, I'm not
3: sure why, but I'll I'll, I'll try to check on the site. Maybe if we can proceed.
0: Chair? Good morning, Chair. Good morning, Chair. The board chairperson.
5: Yes. You yeah. have anything to say? <clears throat>
1: yeah, I was. for. I'm
5: just trying to. Let's
1: assume. go to the chair of the board. Uh, Uh, Thank you very much. I'm keep my camera off. Mm. And then thanks, Babosom, I appreciate that intervention. Chair of the Board, let's go to you in the absence of the DM.
6: Uh, Thank you, Chair and Honourable Members. And as you have uh, indicated appropriately, this is a continuation of a meeting we have had uh, towards the end of last year, but more importantly is to say to all honorable members a uh, happy 2022 we hope that i think it will bring a uh, good progress and good uh, news to all of us Um the first thing i wanted to alert the committee is that the uh, under uh, director the gce is uh, abroad on business uh, so he will not be attending this meeting and in his place uh, Mr. Caleb Kasim, the Chief Financial Officer, will lead the presentation uh, of, uh, of this session and of this meeting. And um, really, all I wanted to say is that uh, I think we have started the year on a good note, and things are looking good at ESCOM. We are obviously looking forward, I think, to the State capture Report that should be coming out today. We have been preparing ourselves, I think, in order to tackle this. But I think the business of the day today is to deal with the deviations and expansions that have uh, uh, been outstanding since last year. And I want to hand over to Khalib Kasim to make the necessary introductions and uh, start the presentation. We have reduced the number of slides to 50. Hopefully, we have only reduced the quantity and not the quality of the information in there. And uh, we hope to to complete, I think, this uh, phase of uh, uh, the meeting in terms of this agenda. Thank you again, Honorable Members and the Chair. Caleb? Uh, good, good morning, Honorable...
7: Uh, uh, chairperson, honourable members, deputy minister, uh, and colleagues, honourable uh, chairperson, uh, will you give us the direction from from, from Scopa on um, on how to proceed around the expansions, please? Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, uh, um,
1: C- uh, chairperson and CFO. <laughs> I, 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 find, I find this very difficult, Minister right? Ministers not here, I'm not sure if the DM is logged in, the CEO is not here. <laughs> I, I just, and these things are always sprung on us at the last minute. And I, <clears throat> I honestly speaking, I, I, I don't know how, in fact, I don't know what more and what else one is expected to say to ESCOM.
4: I actually just don't know now. Maybe
0: I'm being pedantic. I don't know. Mamdolasa, over to you. Uh, Good
8: morning, Chairperson. Thank you for the opportunity. Good morning, colleagues, Deputy Minister, and the team. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for a very well-wished which is from the chair of, uh, of the board of ESCO. Chair, I have the same consent like you have just articulated. Already, the CFO, when he opened his mouth, he made mention of the fact that these matters that we had to deal with today were the matters that we were busy dealing with them last year already. And we parted ways because there were answers that were not satisfactory. And today we are being informed that the CEO is not here. In fact, the CFO, the actual person who has implemented all this that you are going to deal with, is supposed to give us uh, answers. I don't think this is fair, Chair. Why is that? Escom full of drama. Why every time when we deal with Escom, there will be a drama? Why is we expected to deal with the work before us when billions have been misdirected? And when we are to engage with that, they are once again stories. Because Escom likes to play victim so that they run away from accounting because they will be seen as this one that is not being liked in the family, I don't think, chair, this is acceptable. I don't think it's acceptable. I, I unless you say, chair, you receive the, the the apology that the CEO will not be here. I guess you could have rearranged the meeting because I don't see the reason why you should be to the CFO, the same person who made this that we are dealing with. Chair, I have a strong feeling that we are not being taken seriously by ESCOM, unfortunately, chairperson uh, We are seriously being disrespected here because this meeting was known last year already. And if that communication could have come before today to your office, honorable chairperson I guess you could have rearranged because these that you are dealing with are billions of taxpayers' money that are not properly accounted for I don't think this is acceptable honorable chairperson i think let's deal with the matter before we get to the
0: presentation the fact that the ceo is not here
8: don't underestimate the business responsibility to the taxpayer on the amount of money that are sometimes being used in an appropriate manner. So I really want us to, to deal with the fact that the CEO is not here, and the fact that you received this apology before today to your office, because from where I'm sitting, you could have rearranged this meeting because we need the CEO, the accounting
0: officer to come and account check. The
8: practice only so has an account before us and before the taxpayers. So, Chair, I see that you are really overwhelmed, but I think let's deal with the matter that the CEO is not here on a meeting that was known long ago and dealing with the matters that need the accounting officer in particular. I rest my case, Chair. Thank you.
4: All right, thank
1: you, Mamdolache. And colleagues, if you will <clears throat> pardon me, I'm going to have to keep my <clears throat> camera off the network. It is um, a bit problematic on my end. Um, yes, Mamdolache, I received a list of attendees via email this morning at 9.24. <clears throat> this morning at 9.24. Um, <clears throat> It indicated the apology of the minister. I have not received an apology from the CEO. Suffice to say what the chairperson of the board has said um, in his opening remarks um, this morning. So I just put that's what I have um, on my end. All right. So, <clears throat> yeah, I thought you would want that explanation from me. Um, the email came well, to me at the very least at 9.24 this morning
0: six minutes before the meeting started.
1: All right, colleagues, let's make a determination about how we proceed with this, this because time is, we've, there's so many, um, there's so much to get through. Um, like they've said, the slide is um, 51 pages, the presentation, um, and we're not going through the presentation. In the event that we proceed, because we just want to shoot straight to questions, we've read the presentation, we take it as read. Amtala um, I see your hand is up again. Um, System, you will assist. I'm using a smaller gadget now. Um, in the event that there's other hands.
8: No, thank you very much, Chair, for the explanation. And that also raises a serious question that you receive list of attendees at almost half past nine when the meeting was about to start. I think the chairperson of the board must also take responsibility of this as the overall overseer of, the, of 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 ESCOM. Of, of, of chair, I know and accept accept the fact that we are under serious pressure in dealing with these matters. Uh, indeed, we have been we took longer than anticipated, but I think it must be registered here and now, Chair, that ESCOM does not take Parliament seriously does not take Parliament seriously for reasons best known by by, by themselves, Chair. I don't know if the chairperson of the board can get to know only this morning, four minutes before the actual time, starting time of the meeting, that the most important people for the meeting are not going to attend. I'm not sure how the Honorable Chairperson of the board would take that. Maybe I'll be seen as a person who's overreacting. But I just want to know from him, how would he really take the fact that when a meeting has been pre-arranged, then apologies come four minutes before, before the actual meeting. So I think much as we are in a hurry to conclude this matter, but we should really note the disrespect that is being demonstrated here. And maybe with time, we'll get to know the reasons. And if we can't get the reasons, we must find a way to make sure that the minister comes to come and tell us whether we are still the right person or right team to deal with ESCOM. Our responsibility is not given by them anyway, but the taxpayers have given us this responsibility. ESCOM seems, seems to disrespect everybody. With due respect, che, because this is how I feel with what you have just informed us and the fact that we had to do our job. But I think I must register our dissatisfaction with the, what the ESCOM is always doing. To ourselves, because ESCOM likes to play victim. It's now a norm so that everybody sees ESCOM a victim. And at the same time, ESCOM gets away with accounting processes, which is their sole responsibility insofar as the laws that govern this country are concerned. I don't think it's acceptable, Chair, Please forgive me to have expressed myself this way, but I think. I am in my right position as part of your committee. Thank you very much.
1: No, I don't apologize, Can um, I? can just one second, Prof. Um, can I get Babu Swamy? I saw your hand. And then, Prof. Will, will, will come to. you. Okay. Thank you. Thank
5: you. Well, thank you very much, uh, 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 Chair, and uh, good morning to the Chair of the Board. The the minister, if he's connected, uh, and other members who are, are currently present. I, I think uh, the expression uh, covers our uh, disappointment. Um, uh, that that uh, at, at least it would have been fair uh, to us that uh, it would have. Found found some form of a track uh, to uh, postpone the meeting. Uh, if indeed the accounting officer uh, of ESCOM has a problem, has a challenge to be part of the of the meeting. I'm I'm trying to be a bit mild, uh, you see. Um, and and the fact that uh, no no apology from uh, from that office that has reached uh, the office of the chair, uh, it remains uh, that there is absolutely no apology. Uh, and and, and I, I really don't think that we must take that uh, uh, lightly uh, without uh, as well denigrating uh, the actual attendance to um, the matters uh, which are are primarily, the life to to escort. Uh, so so uh, I would I would really love to hear from the chair uh, what what has what has uh, now happened. What is it that uh, has caused this uh, kind of uh, dealing uh, and, and 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 some form of failure of communication? Because that's a, an angle which one would want to would want to take. Uh, it, and in anticipation uh, thereof, would have to deal with the fact that we are, have a planned uh, oversight um, to um uh, which is going to take place, and, and, and therefore at times to deal with these uh, uh, critical matters um, with, 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 with the absence of the accounting officer it becomes problematic, um, and, and we might want to uh, link this kind of a session, uh, probably with that a, a visit, which you're going to pay to ESCOM uh, sometime, uh, uh, you see, this year uh, this quarter, to finalise these matters. Thank you, Chair.
1: All right, um, thank you very much, Babu
4: um
1: Honorable Fanmine.
9: Thank you very much, Chair. Chair, I am uh, rather confused because we have, you've already said that we've got the presentation, which we do, and that it's noted as red. But I just want to note for the record that in fact, at 8.01 on Friday morning, that was the 25th of February, I received an email addressed to all of us at Scopa, in which it has the attached ESCOM presentation. And that came um, from an email received on Thursday evening at 6.23 in which we have the presentation from ESCOM and the letter from ESCOM noting that the um, Ms. Durator will not be in attendance etc 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 due to international travel and engagements. So the fact is that the entire committee was informed on Friday morning of this so I don't know why members are now saying that they don't know about it and I'm also rather concerned that if I look at the last two times that ESCOM appeared in, in front of SCOPA, there have been certain members of the committee who have essentially tried to disrupt meetings and not allowed us to continue with, with some of our oversight. So I'm very concerned that this is becoming a pattern and I'm appealing to you as the chair to please deal with this matter. Thank you.
7: No,
1: <clears throat> I, 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 I note what uh, Honorable Farninian is saying. Um, The think that it's, yeah, I hear it, but as I'm saying, I have received no correspondence to me or to the committee about the apology of the CEO. I don't have it. Any other correspondence or things that they write between themselves, that's their own things. Seated here. I've got no letter, and I must say, I always take the professional courtesy to send formal letters to all entities and departments, um, and persons of authority and persons of office. And seemingly, it is okay for people to think that they can respond with. WhatsApp messages, SMSs, or yeah. So I and 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 I and I note the the concern that you have and it's anchored in a non yeah. I just I just feel that there has to be an improvement in how com and DPE communicate but seated here. I don't have a letter from ESCOM telling me or the committee that the CEO is not there. I received A. <clears throat> what I did have sent to me was at 9.24 this morning, the list of attendees. So that's, that's where that, 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 that matter is. Um, and it's an old age problem of the communication protocols between us and, um, um, and ESCOM. <clears throat> So, colleagues, I, as I said, the presentation is taken as read. The board is here, which is the accounting uh, authority um, of the board. And labor I have noted the, the message that, that you have sent. I will respond to it. Um, so, right. <clears throat> colleagues, I'm going to appeal as follows because we are going to ESCOM at the end of the month, as soon as we get the approval from the presiding officers, that because the board is here and the COO and the CFO are present, that we proceed. And if there are matters which we do not receive satisfactory responses, we... um, we will flag those and continue with those matters um, when we meet with ESCOM at the end of the month. Um, and I, 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 I do so reluctantly, actually. I, I make that request very reluctantly um, because it's it, it, it's a pattern that there always has to be a trailer of sorts a, 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 dramatic preamble to our starts, to meetings with ESCOM. And, it's that it is not to do the right things the right way. If I take the common professional courtesy to write to you, on a formal parliamentary letterhead, and I append my signature at the end, it is equally common professional courtesy, at the very least, to do the same. And it just must just be understood that we are a committee of parliament. We are not a street committee in
4: some
1: way, in which is just and we just informally constitute ourselves as uh, an ad hoc structure. So we represent the House, we represent Parliament. So I don't think those basic elementaries <laughs> are really discussion which we have, and uh, corporate, such as escom It's just basic professional courtesy one-on-one. That's what it is. So I'm um, to debate the semantics. And the bottom line is DPE. just need to do better. So um, I'm going to hand over to the chair of the board. And then, Mamdolash, I'm going to request you that we proceed. The term, of the, the term is very short. And every day counts and every minute counts. So I'm going to request that we proceed the chair of the board and the executives and the three other board members who are present who will um, field uh, the, 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 the questions. So chair of the board, I'll hand over to you and then Mamdou will be off the bat and then we will
6: start off with expansions and then Honorable Swartz, you will take us through divisions. Okay. Chair. Th- thank you, chair and honorable members. Again, I want to Profusely, apologize to all of you. Um, I have uh, followed protocol in this matter. I have written to the minister of DPE uh, indicating the apology that has been recorded somewhere. So I have followed the protocol that I think I've been advised uh, in order to, I think, to be honorable in dealing with this uh, committee and showing respect. And the letter to that effect is on record. It, it, it's, uh, it's obviously the usual communication problems, but it is not out of disrespect that we are in this situation. I think the, the proper protocols have been followed. They may not have reached, I think you the chair and the committee in time, but nevertheless, they have been done. I think the, the, the ESCOM team is here is properly constituted, except as, as I say, for the apology. And again, I understand, I think the, the sentiments of uh, members of this committee. I do not, and I don't think the board of ESCOM or anybody disrespects you uh, uh, as far as I can read from the situation, but I entirely agree with you that we should try and deal with these issues today And whatever we cannot resolve maybe will be handled uh, during uh, the visit that you are planning. And hopefully uh, communications will be a little bit better than what we have today. But uh, just to place it on record, a letter has been sent to the minister to record, I think, Andre's apology long before this meeting. How it has not gotten back to the committee it's something that I cannot account for at the moment. Thank you, Chair.
1: Um I think, uh, Chair, when we when we meet um, at uh, on the oversight visit, I think let us iron out this this communication, headache because it has been settled with us now for the longest of time. And I, 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 I reiterate that I, what one thing one won't compromise on is on protecting the collective integrity and seriousness of this committee. I just think it's, it, 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 it's something one can't relent on. So I think uh, we'll flag this matter of communication for our oversight visit with ESCOM because we've been down this road before. Where there is a, a conveyor belt of sorts or toll gates or e tolls of things in so far as getting communication and things to us. All right. I'm Dolasha. I'm going to request you that we start off with, um, with, with expansions. Your reservation is not withstanding. Um, and um, let's see how far we go. So we're going to start off with uh, expansions, uh, colleagues. <clears throat> so CFO, for purposes of time management, we will not um, take, we will not present the presentation, but at every material point of a question, you will take us to the relevant slides so so that we, we manage our time. The house is also sitting at 1,400 hours um, this afternoon. Right, Mamdola, over to you.
0: Thank you for clarifying
8: everything else that makes us to feel the way we are feeling. However, you make mention of the fact that you did not receive the, report, the letter, and that's where we are all coming from. Chair, if we can remember a little bit, Chair, that ESCOM was amongst the top 20 applications for expansion in Chuan of 2021-2022.
0: With the highest number of applications, the value of those application application during this period of the twenty four application, four application with a value of six billion. I mean six point seven. Say the application
8: with a value of billion, they were conditionally supported and five applications with a value of 1.3 billion for noting.
0: In analysis,
8: in quarter two, ESCOM made six applications for expansion. The total value was minus Four applications were totaling 859.5 million. They were conditionally supported by the National Treasurer. The two applications totaled 6 million. They were not checked. If I may, I would want to make mention of the date of the 26th of the 7th, 2021. The company supplier by the name of Amot Ash, their contract extension, purchase and collection of fly ash from Amot. This chair was not supported. However, in the presentation submitted to ESCOM, I mean to Scopa by ESCOM, it says these applications were supported by National Treasurer on the 25th of November 2021, from five to ten years. Against in that, we need more explanation. Again, on the 26th of the seventh month, a company by the name of Metro 5, provision of document storage and concept makers, this again was not supported by the National Treasury. In fact, it was declared by auditors and was required to take action against the responsible officials. It was declared irregular by the AG. There are a list of companies or transactions that were conditionally supported, which there are four of those. They are KFA Saudi and TMS Group. Their role, is supplying transportation, erection, and dismantling of scaffolding and insulation material. They were conditionally supported by the National Treasurer. The extension for three months ending on the 31st of North October 2021. Again, the Theroservices services Chair. The provision of a heritage specialist for examination and rescue of heritage resources. They were also conditionally supported by the National Treasurer. This expansion was supported on condition that the costs are independently assessed and evidence be submitted to National Treasurer. One to hear from ESCOM whether that was done in fact. Again, Chair, on the 16th of the 8th month, 2021, the company by the name of ENS Incorporate, also is a legal service. Requested to review the current task of ENS to include the application brought by ESCOM against ECON OI. This was conditionally supported again. No, no, it was it was approved on the condition that it is cost, cost effective for ESCOM to use this service provider. We'd want to hear more whether that is the case. The last one Chair. On the 5th of of the eighth month, 2021, a company by the name of Honeywell Automation and Control Solutions, South Africa. The expansion request for the Medupi consolidated building management system. This was also approved, the extension of this contract for six months from October 2021 until March 2022. We want to hear whether that is the case. Chair, on all these transactions that have been mentioned of, we would want to hear, especially on the company by the name of Metrofine, is this contract was declared irregular by the auditors. That's the case change. ESCOM was requested to take disciplinary actions against responsible officials. In their, official, in their submission to the committee, ESCOM had indicated that the responsible employees had resigned. Just want to hear when did the employee resign, And what other actions does ESCOM intend to take? ESCOM also need to really need to set a tone check for even other employees that even if they resign, if there are allegations of wrongdoing, then they decide to resign. they will be follow up the case until the financial loss is recovered. Want to emphasize that. On the terror or terror services chain, this extension was supported by National Treasurer on the condition that the costs are independently assessed and the evidence of this assessment be submitted to the National Treasurer. We want to hear from Eskom whether this did, in fact, happen. Chair, so I will end there insofar as this matter is concerned
1: to get to hear more from Eskom, Thank you very much. Okay, and um, thank you, you've raised uh, I think about four or five there. Um, ESCOM can go through them seriatum and then we will fill the questions.
7: Uh, Chairman, thank you. If uh, Natasha can put up our presentation, please. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, uh, uh oh. I got most of it, but it was breaking up. Uh I've got Arnold Fly Ash, Honeywell, Metrophile, Kiefer Scaffolding, the Heritage Site, and ENS. Uh so uh okay, we'll go to those. If there's any we miss, you 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 will guide us. Uh if we can start uh, Natasha with uh, I think, I think we can start with the Honeywell uh, presentation and give feedback on that and we'll cover the others. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, um, Becky Namalo will take us to the Honeywell uh, transaction and that expansion that was not supported. Thank you, Becky, over to you, thanks. Hey, thank you, Caleb,
4: thank
10: you. Good morning, uh, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members. On the annual uh, submission that we submitted to NT, they have supported it uh, on Q2 on November with those uh, conditions, Chair. Chair, I would like to indicate that on November 9, we did submit to National Treasury the documents that they've requested from us in terms of this contract and also how we're gonna deal with what they've requested and the site I can confirm that uh, last week I was on site I met with the senior management of Honeywell indeed they are finalizing this work uh, for 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 the end of this month sir. so everything is in is in place as per the approval that we have received sir. thank you
7: Uh, Natasha, if we can go to uh, the, the Metro File 1, please. Or oh, we can do the ash. Let's do the ash. Uh, we can stop here. Yeah? Um, uh, fly Ash uh, is, uh, and who's talking to the Fly Ash? Is that Snell?
0: Vicky, is
11: this you? Hi, Chair. It's uh, Stephen here. I'll talk to the fly Okay. Go for it, Stephen. Yep. Chair, Honourable Members, thanks very much. Um, in terms of the fly ash uh, contract, uh, the contract was placed for a, fi- uh, a five year period. And there was a request from the, uh, uh, from the contractor that in order to get a, a return on his capital that he had put into the plant, you would need the contract to be extended to 10 years. But the application was made uh, on the 21st of August for this extension. And in fact, we do have on record that it was supported on the 25th of November. Um, and uh, the, the, you know, the Honourable Member uh, made comment that it had not been supported, but uh, in fact, it has been supported and we consider the matter closed. Yeah, thank you, Chair.
7: Thanks for that, Stephen. Natasha, uh, let's move to the next one. Let's see. Okay, uh, let's deal with Kifa. Uh, uh, if Philip can talk through this on uh, the dismantling and the scaffolding, this was another item that was requested. Over to
1: you. On those. So, ESCOM, I'm over to you. But just one second. Just, just go back to that last slide that you had on. The one that you just talked to now is Comrade Industries. Okay, we'll come back to that. All right, plan, proceed.
7: Uh, thanks, uh, Philip. Uh, you can do Kifa on the scaffolding.
2: Good morning, Chair. Um, good morning, honorable members. So, Chair, this was also conditionally supported by uh, National Treasury, and the conditions were fully met. The contract came to an end at the end of uh, December, and we've uh, subsequently placed a new contract with commenced on the 1st of uh, January 2022. So, National Treasury had some conditions that were stipulated, and those conditions were met, Chair. Thanks.
7: Tasha, we can do the heritage one, yeah. Sechamozo, if you can do this, please. Uh, Sechamozo,
0: you're mute.
7: Okay, I I suggest we proceed to the metro file until we get Sekhomotsu back. Uh, Let's do the metro file one, Natasha.
0: Chair, thanks very
11: much. Um, Honorable members, uh, uh, hello again. Due to the fact that this uh, th- this uh, issue goes back back to 2017 uh and to get the correct corporate memory i'm going to ask lunga matjuli who's head of our procurement to take us through it thank you over to you
1: um cfo this is precisely why iscom hearings are frustrating i don't know how many people have spoken now and I would really implore on you that moving forward, leader of delegation must be all fair with all the issues. We are towing and throwing between too many people. It may be an incoherent hearing. And I've raised this before. Proceed. Uh, thank you, Chair, apologies.
7: Can go quickly.
3: Uh, good morning, uh, Chair. Good morning, uh, Honourable Members. I'm just going to talk to this issue of uh, the expansion on Metro Fire. Um The condonation that we submitted um, in July was not supported. Uh, the main reasons there were that uh, the condonation itself did not indicate the consequence management thereof. So what we have done since then was to uh, put together a determination report to indicate the people that were party to this transaction. Uh, two people have uh, have uh, since resigned, and uh, one person has, has, has passed on. So we are in the process of putting together a new submission to the committee indicating the status. Um, because this emanated from this being submitted as a sole source instead of it being a single source. Thank you, Chair.
7: Thanks, and then our last one in the, on the ENS ones, uh, in terms of that modifications. My apologies, Chair, I couldn't hear the, the, the,
8: the gentleman on his explanation. I last heard him saying the, the other one passed on and something something i just want to hear is according to the the question the cons- consequence management i want to hear exactly that you uh, really did not hear in my apologies no,
3: that's, fine. that's fine okay apologies honorable member i'll try to raise my voice uh, i was indicating that uh, the reasons why the submission was not approved at the time around july is because the committee indicated that on the condonation itself there was no indication of consequence management so what we have done since then was to do our determination report internally and in that determination report we indicated the number of people that participated in that uh, in that transaction or in that trans- uh, transaction and two people out of the people that were party to the transaction have resigned one resigned in uh, 2020, the other one resigned in uh, 2017. Um, so the, 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 the one person that was party to the transaction as well had passed on. So following, following that, that determination report that we had, we, we are putting together a, a submission that will indicate all these uh, issues that we've just indicated to the committee which will be coming to the committee in the next few weeks. Thank you, chair.
1: But that slide doesn't say that. The National Treasury recommendation is that ESCOM is is requested to commence with the condonation process for this contract as it was declared irregular. So the issue of consequence management is secondary, but the contract was declared irregular.
3: That's correct, and that's correct, sir. The, the condonation report is the one that was already submitted in July, but because it it, it did not indicate clearly the, the, the issue of consequence management, the team went back now to do a determination report, which is an internal report in, I mean, internally. So what we have since then we have identified the people that participated in that transaction. So what the slide is indicating is that uh, we are putting together a new condemnation report that we will be submitting to the committee following following the determinations that we have done in So
4: if
1: there was contract management the contract would have been regulated.
0: Apologies, Chair, I lost you there.
1: You made an application on an irregular. Contract. You made a you made an you made an application on an irregular contract. That's the nub of the issue. Compelling to find the nexus between consequence management and the irregularity of the contract. Why is the contract irregular? I just think you need to think through that explanation very carefully.
3: The, the contract, contract was declared. Yes, Chair. The contract is irregular. Because instead Suppose of us...
1: two to contract management. So now this cop... This, this cop yeah, instead of you... you
5: yeah, are yeah, getting lost. We don't get you.
1: Now, um, I'm saying uh, Babusha, um, um the contract was declared irregular. So the issue of consequence management, I failed to find the nexus between the irregularity of the contract and the consequence management. Suffice it to say that uh, it would consequence management is insofar as the um, the implementation is concerned. But substantively, what made the contract irregular, I think that's the issue.
3: Chair, if I may come in, uh, the reason why the contract was irregular, because it was started as a sole source instead of it uh, being a single source. Hence, we had to come to, to the committee to indicate it as such, uh, as part of the condonation process.
1: No, then, then say that. Because then that, that goes to contract management, not consequence management. Because this, this consequence management thing is a cop out, it's second. Because then, ultimately, then why are thing, why are, why are applications on being made on the wrong basis? That is the issue. Let's not hide behind convenient uh, statements, and then no. Uh, I just wanted to flag that because to to put it on record that it. It, it was because it was no consequence management it is incorrect. The application, okay. the the contract was irregular. Consequence management doesn't doesn't regularize contracts. Right, you can proceed. Sorry, Mam I just I just wanted to flag that issue. You can proceed. Just yes, come.
7: Uh, On all uh, right, uh, Natasha. Let's go to ENS Econ Oil slide. And our uh, members, yeah, um, we were asked to demonstrate uh, the cost-effectiveness of the appointment of ENS for the Econ Oil uh, litigation process. Uh, I think you must be on slide number slide number nine. And, and effectively, what we've done. Uh, We've gone through our internal legal panel process where it was a mini tender where rates were submitted and based on those rates submitted, we then appointed uh, ENS uh, uh, for this transaction. And and also we do understand from a a legal perspective as, as the transactions continue, uh, through the legal process and, and the court cases, it's important to retain the same legal team uh, with regard to uh, Econ Oil. Chair, uh, I think those were the the names I picked up uh, when the Honourable Member Tulashi was mentioned. I may have missed some. Chair, I think the last one was the Heritage one, if we can go back to that. Uh, Sekomoto can just quickly talk through that one. Mm.
4: Uh,
7: yeah, yeah, uh, Honorable Chair, the the matter is being discussed with the Limpopo Provincial Heritage uh, Resources Authority, um, uh, complainants and the Department of Arts and Culture for resolution. Um, That's where we are in in terms of this. uh, The audit report will be available once it's concluded. Auditors were were satisfied with the completion of the project and the report. chair, those those are the uh, the expansions that I picked up uh, that we were requested to go into. I may have missed one or one or two because of the connectivity, chair. Thanks. TOLASHA?
0: Okay.
1: Sure. Although Honorable yes, Chair, Yes Chair. I was asking you to come in, Mam Oh,
8: thank you very much, Chair. Although you you, you pursue the matter, but I still could not get the exact answer from the from the, the officials, Chair. You, you 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 explain that there is to an extent a the definition is not uh, the one that the ESCOM is is having and you ask a question, but I did not hear exactly what was the the official's response in that regard. Thanks, Che.
1: All right, thanks, uh, Ma'am Taurashi. I see the hand of Babu Soumya.
5: You, you know, the, 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 the issue that you drove, uh, for, for, for ESCOM to understand uh, the causal factors of these expansions and deviations. <clears throat> um, uh, sitting and looking into all these areas which are of, of reference now, might lead uh, into, into something which I, 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 I might call a policy drive from ESCOM side which could be informed by the fact that they always go for uh, such applications to Treasury. And the amounts are big, uh, you know, uh, either caused by the fact that a contract um, fell on the wayside uh, because of its own time or it was incorrectly uh, awarded. And This is the case in this instance in terms of its own defiance. And, and, and therefore, uh, ESCOM would feel a bit strangled by the fact that these processes require observation um, of the uh, PFMA, uh, PFMA. And, and uh, they, they, the, the question which could be lost there is, is to whether this institution has its own policy, which uh, seeks to Create predictability on procuring goods and services. And such a policy uh, is in line uh, with a PFMA, and, 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 and therefore, these things uh, which would fly on a, a factor of application after application, denial, uh, restrictions uh, in terms of such applications. Uh, being caused by a uh, lack of observation of such a policy uh, which informs procuring uh, by 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 the a body uh, ascom uh, so 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 my 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 main worry is is looking into uh, such instances always they would apply treasury uh, would have a condition and after that condition has been laid they would go back wh- wh- why is it why is it always like uh, like such uh, because the failure of predictability for me creates problems uh, for escom in the first instance uh, that uh, their procurement lie is a bit blurred uh, and and does not necessarily assist uh, ESCOM's functionality uh, going forward and 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 that uh, flows uh, off and away uh, from uh, the, the, the legal prescripts uh, as they cover uh, these areas of, uh, of of procurement so, so i'm trying to uh, somewhat expand on the point that you have referred to chair as uh, something which uh, uh, escom should look into uh, quite appropriate you can have deviations, expansions, which go to billions of rents where contracts uh, are somewhat spared life through such uh, uh, expansions, extensions uh, going uh, going forward. Others from 2013, uh, others 2017. And and, uh, this is a a causal factor uh, which gets into green contracts by uh, default. Thank you, Chair.
1: All right. Thank you, Absam. Let's get um, to a response to those issues that have been raised from ESCOM. And then, colleagues, please
0: indicate in our side or if you wish to uh, speak. As,
8: as you're allowing ESCOM to come, I heard that this matter happened, in fact, in 2017. Now the, the report is saying there's now the, the ESCOM is preparing for another determination report. I just want to ask, how long does it take, or how long are they going to take in making sure that whoever has been alleged to be involved in this in, in consequence management, in fact, is going to be implemented? As part of the questions that Honourable Somio have just raised, if I can also get that Chair. thank you.
0: Good, okay, thank you. This come.
7: Uh, thank you uh, to Honourable Somio. Uh, I think Honourable Somio. Uh, so we do have our uh, procurement policy. We've aligned it with national treasury regulations. I think what has been positive in in the last year, honorable members, one, ISKIM has weekly meetings with National Treasury and DPE, uh, where we discuss uh, the procurement transactions. And in particular, when it comes to the expansions and deviations, uh, we have follow up sessions with with National Treasury to explain the reasoning behind the deviations and expansions. Yes, uh, honourable members, uh, you know, uh, for, 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 for this year, I think we've, we've put in these deviations. But uh, I think, firstly, w- we do respect that deviations is an exception to the rule. We've, in, in, in this uh, financial year, concluded uh, over 1,600 new contracts of which then the deviations that we've applied to National Treasury was 23 uh, deviations, Honourable Members. Uh, uh, And we have, uh, as part of the deviations, I know we're still gonna get to it, Honourable Chairperson and members, uh, we have taken, especially around uh, sole source and single source, a more cautionary uh, approach in requesting those deviations. And you will see that come through where, uh, as uh, I think Stephen has explained earlier, uh, we didn't go back to a single source. Uh, I do believe that uh, in the, that engagements and uh, uh, direction and guidance we're receiving from National Treasury is helping to, to improve the quality of the applications and, and then the results thereof. But we do acknowledge that Uh, As you've always said, uh, Honourable Chair, deviations is an exception to the rule. Maybe just uh, for the members to also appreciate, we now report deviations and expansions uh, on a monthly basis to the Executive Committee as well as to the Board uh, Investment and Finance Committee with a report going to the full board. So that's what we've put in place in terms of the deviations and expansions and it's getting the necessary uh, attention we we also agree that uh, that focus uh is now cascaded across uh, the divisions uh, where they have their own heads of procurements and through their respective group execs that are looking at uh we i think uh, honorable members on expansions uh, uh, we need to also uh, take into account the continuity of certain transactions that requires ESCIM to expand. And maybe lastly, I think Honourable Somio or one of the members asked around expiry, we do monitor that as well to ensure that uh, going forward, we don't find ourselves in a situation where contracts expire, that should not be a reason uh, for requesting uh, uh, expansions, and we need to uh, do that property, proper planning time which we're focusing on. the uh, Chairperson, uh, that's just uh, some responses from escom but we can follow it up with, with much more detailed written responses. Thanks.
1: All right, and okay. uh, colleagues, are there any other questions? I just want, if none, I just want to go to the Hopewell Expansion, non-encoded two, right, number
4: 12.
1: All right, Uh, Honorable Maoto, I've noted your hand. Um, Sorry about that. All right. The the hope will um. Just uh, three things on my part. Um, were there any payments made? Because um, item four there on the approval conditions, is that any payment made to the contractors? Will um independently verified before it is made, was that done? Two, um, item five, any expenses incurred before this approval is classified as irregular, as it was not supported by National Treasury, were any payments or any expenses incurred in that regard? And of course, um, then the status ESCOM has established a panel of consultants from one is to provide an independent verification payments that will be made to CBMS contractor for the approved period of 1 October 2021 to 31 March 2022. What is the status in that regard of this contract of today? Um, so we, we 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 are up to date um on on, on that one and then after that onto you can come in Sorry
0: about that. This come Stephen if you can respond No
10: it's on my my side church Peggy speaking here Thank you honorable chair. Yes indeed the the conditions that for all the payment need to be independently verified, it is being done. Chair, we have got like we've indicated the uh, independent QS that verifies the project manager's uh, submissions for the claims of what the contractor is also submitting. So, so that is currently being done, chair. And then also the status of this contract, like I've indicated, I've met last week with the senior leadership of the contractor with the project team on site. We are. Uh, it progress to, 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 to meet this data and the contractor is also doing the final uh, final work on this work that is being done the, the, that this contract will then cease uh, by the end of this month chair so that that confirmation I've received on site last week when I was doing site review chair thanks
0: okay I'm
1: working Expenses incurred before this approval?
10: Yeah, Chair, just to to state that there was no payment that was done before the approval, as that was put in, uh, the contractor was uh, put off during that period before when we were waiting for the approval, waiting for NT's
1: approval. Okay. And then has this contract been expanded before?
10: Yes, Chair, it has been expanded, uh, extended uh, previously. Uh, It was mainly due to the, because this contract, Chair, if I may just explain, it's a contract that is dealing with uh, the control from different plants once they are finished, but because of the delays from the civil side and one of the civil contractors that went on business rescue as well, so they couldn't then uh, finalize their scope of work, uh, Chair. So, but then then there were also delays that were coming from their side, which we have then uh, penalized that to throw the contract allowed uh, delay damages as well. We have uh, maximized the delay damages on this contract that was allowed on the contract. So, so there were delays coming from the contractor itself and then from the other civil contractors. And we have have dealt with that. And the one that has uh, now went on business rescue so then there we are dealing with the, some of the, with the practitioner now dealing with some of the payment. The contractor is still continued to, to, to finalize although not in full speed, but yeah, that, that was the main reasons for the extensions of this contract, Chair.
1: Thank you. How many extensions have they been on this contract? The, the, the last one was the fourth one, Chair, that we did in November. So, this contract has been expanded four times.
0: That's correct, yes.
1: Right. I'll come back to that. Honorable over to you.
12: Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair, and greetings to the colleagues. I, I want to disagree with the CFO when he says that. Um, these contracts get expanded and they make sure they don't lapse before being expanded. It looks like ESCOM has created its own separate legal framework that regulates their procurement that is outside the National Treasury. Because why, and, and even the last speaker, just before you chair, he says this contract has been expanded four times already. There's been four extensions. That's wrong. Why? Why are you keep on extending and extending. It means that you are not following proper project management principles at ESCOM. That's what comes to mind. And, you know, chair you are jeopardizing somebody else who could have done that work for you, for ESCOM, and now you are consistently expanding on this project. So it can't be correct because you are setting a wrong precedence. You you can't have your own rules that are outside National Treasury. And I want the CFO really to comment on this. The second one, chair, is uh, there was a bid that was reviewed and set aside of Econ Oil. Now, has there been any consequence management a process undertaken? And what is the status now of Econ Oil as a supplier of ESCOM? And um, is now uh, Econ Oil allowed to trade with ESCOM uh, or not? And if not, why? Because uh, we need to be informed if there's any legal basis for, for such restrictions. And the last one, unfortunately, is to the CEO who's not here today, but maybe the chairperson of the board will then take it. How will the CEO defend his defamation case instituted by Econ Oil for for the conduct, for his conduct? And then what are the cost implications to ESCOM for such litigation? Is it going to be, is the bill going to be put by ESCOM or is it going to be paid directly from the CEO? Thank you, chair.
1: All right, let's get responses to
7: that. Uh, Chairperson, thanks, Honourable Motre. Uh, Honourable Motre, I, I didn't say we uh, that contracts don't expire. We are now tracking, tracking the expiry date and going forward to ensure that they don't expire, and it will minimise expansions going forward. So, so that's the control in place. Uh, it's definitely getting... Uh, the focus at the executive level and the respective GEs. Uh, We we have enhanced that control at ESCOM. However, there are certain circumstances under which ESCOM would apply for expansions, uh, and we'd have to motivate that with national treasury. I think what I I just uh, wanted to highlight is we have seen that – the engagements and, and the guidance and the turnaround times uh, between ESCOM and National Tre- Treasury has improved significantly, and that's helping with the operational requirements. We, 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 we do acknowledge that there are uh, areas that we, we must improve on uh, internally, and we giving that the necessary attention. Uh, as I said, uh, this deviations reports are now submitted to the board uh, on on a quarterly basis and EXCO on a monthly basis. Thanks for that. On Econ Oil, uh, Honourable Chief, I can ask uh, our Head of Legal, uh, Mel, to respond on the Econ Oil questions. Thanks.
13: Thank you, Caleb. Um, Good morning, Chairperson and committee members. Um, On Econ Oil, so there were several questions asked, Um, I've noted them and I will try to address them each separately. So ESCOM is currently in litigation or various forms of litigation uh, with Econ Oil. Um, The one referred to here uh, relates to the contract which has been declared invalid. The latest development with that one is that um, Econ Oil has taken the matter to the Supreme Court of Appeal for um, on appeal initially, which was dismissed, and then subsequently for reconsideration, which was also dismissed. Um, this is basically uh, something that happened in the last month. Um, as a status, uh, the status of Econ Oil as a supplier um, at ESCOM. so Econ Oil has been suspended um, following um, ESCOM supply review, review process. Um, the suspension itself has not been um, communicated, I guess, yet to the National Treasury, and there's no application to actually blacklist econ oil at this point in time. It is something that ESCOM has in the pipeline and is currently considering. At the moment, the position we've taken is that um, due to the various forms of irregular conduct, um, fraud, corruption, etc. that has been identified against econ oil, we are currently not trading with econ oil. And um, as a business, uh, it's a decision that we've taken. Regarding the question on um, the defamation case against um, the CEO of ESCOM, so that match has actually been silent for a while now. We haven't heard from Econ Oil um, in terms of the cost allocation um, as to how the legal fees will be paid. Um, I'm actually not. Um, I don't have um, a mandate to speak on that. So if we could, if I could take instructions and report on that question, that would be appreciated. Thank you, Chair.
1: All right. Thank you very much, uh, colleagues. Are there any further hands on this um, part? Mam Thank you very
8: much, Chair. I'm fine with the responses.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Colleagues, if I may, I just want to... I think we just come just on all the expansions that um, are there. Um, the ones from Quota 1. Um, uh, let's just go to... The quota one, it's item number 46, the on generation. The ones conditionally supported. Item 46. Right. Has that contract been expanded before?
2: Chair, yes, it had.
1: How many times?
2: I think it was about ten times before this change.
1: You see thats that that is ultimately the issue. You set up these contracts and then you entrench them as evergreen contracts through expansions. Why? Because this is green contracts through the back door. Why is the contract being expanded 10 times?
2: So, Jay, in the with the previous one, there was litigation <clears throat> against ESCOM by one of the uh, suppliers, uh, and then that delayed the whole process of getting a new contract in place. Uh, And that's why it had to be extended uh, or expanded for those many times.
1: When did this litigation take place?
2: Um, It it, uh, started in 2015. And ended in? It, it ended in 2018, Chair, and that's when we were able to start a new process. Yeah, it ended in
1: 2018. And so how many times has it been expanded since 2018?
2: Chair, we, we will check the exact details of, uh, of that. I, I'm not sure. Uh, Chair, so
1: there was a expansion post-litigation?
2: Everything, everything. Yes, okay. yeah, Chair, when we started the, the new...
1: litigation argument then falls out the window because you seem to make it as the caveat of the expansions, but that had already happened and it's already done and dusted. 2018 to 2021, you were expanding the same contract.
2: Chair, we, in, after the litigation, we then started a new procurement uh, process and I think the the part that is indicated there, it just indicates some of the complications that we had that resulted in further ex- extension. So that process was started. And as I said, it, it ended then um, with us awarding on the 1st of January. But uh, since that, uh, the litigation ended, a new process was started immediately. And any extensions were due to the delays in getting that new contract or the process of getting that new contract in place.
1: So then ultimately what I'm saying is right. The contracts become entrenched as evergreen contracts because of shortcomings within your system. Because you can't prop up the issue of litigation as the reason, because that ended in 2018, and now in 2022, 20, uh, and the um, you, you were granted an extension uh, by national treasury to for three months, she said your contract management is is found wanting, and what what is actually just not right on the part of SCOM is to try and find the convenient responses to the complex realities. I mean, to to, to like I'm saying, if it's been expanded ten times, how many times was it expanded after? The litigation.
2: Chair, as I said, we will confirm that. I do not have the exact number of times
1: uh, after No. You, no, you see, ESCOM, I've said this. Don't come here unprepared and with half baked responses. I've said this on numerous occasions. Go. Because you are on your own 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 thing. Right. Then there's the expansion on Quota One on Generation. Um it doesn't have a number, it's T B C the fuel oil modification. Right. What's the progress on that? Because the existing contract expired on 30 November and 30, 31 December 2021, respectively. So what's the, what's the status there now? Because it's now March 2022.
2: And the contracts did not uh, expire. They were due to expire on those, uh, on those dates. Uh, we did get approval from National Treasury to extend that uh, approval expires at the end of March. Um, and that's when we want to, uh, we aim to get a new contract in place.
1: But that's not what that slide says. That slide doesn't say that.
2: You acknowledge that, Chair. They
1: do not expire, but your own slide says the existing contracts expire on 30 yeah. November and 31 December 2021, respectively. It's now March, 2022, so which is which?
2: Chair, the contracts did not expire. They were due to expire uh, then, before we got the approval from National Treasury.
1: Right. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I'm speaking to Mr. Tugasha, right? Yes, Chair. Right. If you can please read for me the bullet from the bottom, two from the bottom on that slide.
2: And the bullet reads, Chair, the existing contracts expired on 13 November and 31 December 2021, respectively. So, Chair, that's an error on the, on the slide. The contracts, weighed, it was supposed to read that the contracts were due to expire on 30 November and 31 December 2021.
1: CFO. I just, I just, I just wonder whether are there any other changes that you would like to make to this presentation?
7: Right. Chairman, apologies, no, nothing from from the ESM team. All
1: right. Colleagues, please just flag that particular one. Um, right, the next one, I just wanna go through this series, item. Item 57. Um, I will get National Treasury to come in now. Right, that one, item 57, National Treasury supports the extension for six months only, ending 31 December 2021, right? So what's the status of that now?
2: Chair, that, that was extended uh, further, so the evaluation currently are in progress, so it was extended until the end of uh, March as well, uh, and the, the, the contract will be in place as, uh, from the 1st of April
1: 2022. So you've expanded on to the expansion?
2: In, in quarter two, Chair, yes, there was, a, there was another approval.
1: how many times how many other expansions have taken place on this particular contract
2: chair it was, it was only these uh, two the first one to december and then the next one to march
1: so you are due to will you, this is the last month are you on track to meet your deadlines
2: yes chair we are on track
1: At national treasury you can i hope i hope uh, Chair of the board, you see the pattern I'm painting here. I just hope that it's noted. Right. Um, National Treasury, let's go to you. Uh, I will come back to these expansions. And then, honorable colleagues, if there's any other further issues you'd like to raise, we'll take those. And then, um, honorable Schwartz, you'll take us through um, our deviations. National Treasury. Um,
14: Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning to you and all the honourable members and colleagues in the call. Chair, I'm I'm going to start a little bit um, at the back with the um, contract modifications that were raised and discussed earlier on. To say that, Chairperson, the challenge that has been from our side is that Some of these um, contract modifications, especially that you see that comes over and over and over again, they tend to be established through deviations, so through sole source deviations or single source deviation. The biggest challenge with with establishing a contract um, in that manner is that right from the beginning, Chairperson, it did not follow a fair process. It did not follow a transparent process. But most importantly, did not follow a competitive process. So when we see the contract modification coming to National Treasury for consideration, you find that we we, we find ourselves in a position that first of all, um, we are not in a position or in no other position, but to support these contract modification simply just because of continuity and the fact that the projects have to continue and the impact um, that uh, failure of those, con- of those contracts to continue um, has on ESCOM's ability um, to deliver on, on electricity chairperson. So that 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 is the first hard position. Then the second hard position becomes, right, so how cost effective are these processes when we keep on modifying these contracts um, uh, on perpetuity chairperson, which then we 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 when we then support have to support with the condition that says these um, financial implications have to be assessed. From our perspective, we believe that. Um, ESCOM is supposed to assess these cost implications prior to even approaching National Treasury for for, for modification. As part of contract management, they should monitor the financial implications of the project. But you would see that with the conditions that we then put when we support um, a contract modification because of the nature of of the services or the products that are being required, we then say you have to independently assess them, assess them and give us feedback, um, and you the the the, the cost um, have 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 to be. Um, uh, reasonable, chairperson. A number of times we we have found ourselves in position where we would go back and say, for us, this looks a, a little bit exorbitant. And there are a number of projects, and as you would have seen in some of the letters, where we said, look, we will also take our own time to go out to the market and find service providers that can help us to come back and assess some of these um, contracts and projects ourselves independently, chairperson, to to bring some sort of assurance or comfort that um, there is some level of cost effectiveness in how um, uh, uh, some of these uh, contracts have been been modified. The other challenge, chairperson, um, that you would have seen, and um, I'll I'll try and and, and figure out exactly, just to give you an example of a contract where time is extended. And I think it's it's, it's the contract that has been extended for five years, where the, the, the extension is mostly for time, but the reason why the extension is mostly for time is because the the, the contract is being funded by a contingency fund. A contingency fund is, 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 is funds that, or a provision that has been set aside to deal with unforeseen circumstances. Again, chairperson. person, When you use a contingency fund, there has to be clear assessment that the funds have been utilized for their intended purposes, and they're not utilized for failure to perform, for failure to manage the contract properly as a result, you incur unnecessary costs. Furthermore, that what we would have seen, Chairperson, and which we particularly had a problem with, especially with the Honeywell application, was that the, the there was just significant element of fruitless and wasteful expenditure on that one in particular, chairperson. That is why the assessment for us is critical. It remains critical, but further, the identification of the fruitless and wasteful expenditure that potentially exists within those ex- uh, modifications in that contract become very, very important, chairperson, because. Um, Fruitless and wasteful expenditure has a framework that has to be followed. If the monies need to be recovered, the fund, the moneys have to be recovered, and that process is critical for us um, to 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 continue up until its conclusion. Um, Chairperson, on the issue of the um, extension of the, um, the 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 fuel oil tender, the 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 contract. Um, has been extended, chairperson. The status that is on the presentation, I think it's not the most updated um, status because um, as at the dates that were pros- uh, presented on the presentation, the actions that were supposed to be taken, meaning the conclusion of the tender process was not yet done. In actual fact, it is not done as well. And it talks to the issues that um, our colleagues from from, from Escom was referring to around the, the, the battles with, with Econ Oil and whether the fact that um, have they been restricted from doing business with the state, have they, have they been restricted from doing business um, with Escom. Um, what what we know is is that um, uh, ESCOM did make a submission to National Treasury to extend the contract further, I think up until the end of May, in a bid to to conclude the evaluation um, of this tender. But the the challenges in the conclusion of the evaluation of the tender borders around the question of whether Econ Oil has been restricted from doing business with, um, with ESCOM um and 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 our colleague from escom has indicated that it is from national treasury's perspective we have not yet received a request um from escom to restrict econ oil from doing business with the state chairperson i think um I will stop there for now thank can
1: you, you just, can you just uh, just which which one is that and um, so that that slide can be put up
14: i think can you, you could- said it's number 46.
1: All right, 46,
14: 46.
1: So,
14: That is the one, on The previous one that was flighted that is the one.
1: Right, so. All right, so the one where there's been further uh, uh, um, um uh expansions. Yeah, okay. No, it's fine. I noted that one and that's why I was asking the CEO CFO whether they would want to make any further changes to that. Right, Honorable Swartz, let's go to you. Thank you, um, National Treasury. Um, let's go to you um, on deviations, uh, and then we will come back to the expansions. Honourable Swartz, we are in your hands. Colleagues, please indicate um, when you wish to um, speak. Um,
0: good morning,
5: Honourable Chair. Babu I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chair. I've been trying to raise my hand in, in Oh, okay, you can proceed. Well, my apologies, yeah. you can proceed. No, thanks, thanks, thanks Chair. Thanks, thanks, uh, Chair. I wanted to ask a just a question from, from Treasury. Uh, uh, do, do, do you, at, at the Treasury level, do you anticipate through tracking uh, uh, all these matters that uh, relate to expansions, deviations um, of, of, of contracts, um, which, which I think they come to yourselves uh, through thick files from time to time, that you would, uh, or you would have had some form of engagement uh, with ESCOM uh, to waiver uh, the application uh, of of uh, uh, procurement uh, requirements as per your regulations um, and uh, as, as well that you find, uh prescribes uh, of of a uh, uh, pfma
0: Uh, chairperson, can I ask? I, I'm, I'm I don't understand the
14: question, uh, Chair. If you, Honorable Samuel, so if you can maybe rephrase it a little bit for me.
5: In in, in looking into the, the the track and trail uh, of the applications for deviations uh, and the conditions that goes with from your side, uh, maybe a, a cause for frustration. Uh, from ESCOM, do you anticipate, or have you ever had any engagements with ESCOM, which might uh, result into yourselves creating a special dispensation uh, for ESCOM on matters of procurement because of uh, the nature uh, of these matters which come to yourselves for um, approvals in as far as expansions and deviations?
0: Sarah Chairperson, through you, um,
14: yes, we, we, we have had um, engagements, Chairperson. There, there were requests um, from ESCOM Chairperson that alludes to the challenges that they are experiencing in so far as procurement is concerned, especially when they would like to effect um, issues of uh, deviations. Um, mostly because of the times or the turnaround time that sometimes it takes National Treasury uh, to respond, but also, Chairperson, um, because of uh, the board decision that had been taken, um, that certain procurements from ESCOM um, should be done uh, through what we may call single source deviations um, uh, by approaching OEMs, for, for cost-effectiveness. We, we had numerous engagements, chairpersons, um, where we had to outline the different challenges that um, ESCOM was facing in so far as compliance is concerned. Um, and, 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 and we continue to, to engage a uh, chairperson. Um, has, has the dip- dispensation been granted, chairperson? Um, no, um, there hasn't been any dispensation so far. Um, that has been granted to, to ESCOM insofar as that is concerned, but there has been engagement, there has been
0: a request um, for, 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 for such a dispensation to be granted to ESCOM. Thank you. which right. thank you very much
1: um, on that. Uh, right, Honorable Swartz.
15: Um, good morning, Honorable Chair. Morning to the DM and um, to the Honorable Members and Officials. On deviations not supported by Treasury, on Trans Africa Projects Pty Limited, why did ESCOM prefer the services of Trans Africa Projects Pty Limited and not test the market? On what basis? did the escom official mr stephen mayers approve this deviation on what basis was transafrica projects pty limited preferred was there any investigation conducted by escom to ensure that none of its employees have financial interest in transafrica pty limited or any of the companies especially those that were applications for deviation. Thank you, Honorable Chair.
11: All right, let's get a response to that. Yeah, thanks very much, Chair. Uh, thanks, Honorable M- uh, Members. Um, uh, Trans African Projects is a partially owned subsidiary of Eskom Enterprises and For many years in the past, uh, Trans-African projects uh, had an internal supplier status. And hence, whenever we need specialized resources, uh, and in fact for slide 12 and 13, uh, where we wanted to increase our performance capability through bringing in specialized resources on the training academy and specialized resources uh, to do some of the projects. because we had used them in the past for so many years, uh, that's why they were approached. However, when the internal supplier status was withdrawn, uh, it must have been around by February, March last year, uh, we did make an application to see if we could get a single source, which was, uh, which was rejected. And we have gone into the open market uh, to get those, um, get those resources. Uh, In terms of any uh, conflict of interests, I do believe any declaration of interests, conflict of interests, are fully up to date. Um, And uh, as far as I know, there is no uh, uh, shared interest or shareholding amongst employees at uh, ERI and TAP. Thank you, Chair.
1: Honorable Swartz, you can just um, proceed um, uh, with questions so that we save time.
15: Okay. An Omni-Africa P2I Limited, did ESCOM take the necessary actions to show, ensure that Omni-Africa is the OEM? Did they obtain the necessary certification and supporting documentation to confirm this? Was this information submitted to National Treasury?
11: Thank you, uh, Honourable sorry, Chair. Sorry, sorry Chair. I, 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 Trans-African Projects is more of a consulting-based uh, type company which has um, subject matter experts rather than OEM. So they don't produce uh, turnkey solutions uh, or proprietary type equipment. Rather, they have a grouping of subject matter experts which can add value to our projects. Thanks, Chair.
15: Uh, But that is not what I asked. I was asking about Omni Africa Pty Ltd, not Trans Africa projects. My question.
11: Sorry, 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 Chair, then it's not part of ERI, only Africa, Uh, Omni Africa's. Apologies apologies for that, Chair, from my side.
15: What I ask is that, did ESCOM take the necessary actions to ensure that Omni Africa is the OEM? Did they obtain the necessary certification and supporting documentation to confirm this? Was this information submitted to National Treasury?
16: Uh, good good uh, morning, um, Honorable. Chair and Honourable Members. This is Faith Byrne. Um, I'll be addressing the question around Omni Africa. Um, yes, Chair, we did um, we did um, get a letter um, from the OEM, and we did um, indicate that in the letter to National Treasury.
15: On deviations conditionally supported by National Treasury, Bentley Systems International Limited. In their presentation, ESCOM stated that the RFP to the open market is being finalized and will be issued during quarter four for the year 2021-2022, end of March 2022. Is ESCOM still on track with this? Will this tender be issued on time to avoid further applications for deviations and to ensure business continuity of ESCOM operations?
16: Uh, thank you, uh, Chair, Honourable Member. This is Faith Byrne again, and I'll be answering that. Um, yes, we are still confident that we will be able to issue it before the end of March, and we will endeavour to do this um, so that we do not compromise um, the deadlines in the business. Thank you, Chair.
15: On White and Case, why did ESCOM apply for deviation for the provision of legal services from White and Case? why was this company preferred what were national treasury's conditions for this contract have all these conditions been met the details for this deviation are not provided by escom on their submission is it on national treasury submission to scopa um.
7: Uh, Honourable uh, member, I, I think the White case one may relate to quarter three, but just uh, on a high level, uh, White case requests for that deviation and to continue with them, uh, they res- uh, uh, had uh, uh, looked at all our loans uh, conditions and developed a a tool that at any point in time can see whether a certain clause in a transaction on our loans results in breaches. And the request to national treasury was um, to continue with that services as we embarked uh, on the unbundling process and you and would need such services for lender consent. But honorable member, um, we, we can provide that detailed responses also in writing because it wasn't on, on our records for Q1 and Q2. Uh, and eventually my, my recollection is it was rejected uh, by national treasury. And then we had to go and test the market again as ESCOM. Thanks.
15: So when you do respond, will you be able to also tell us that um, the forty-two million three hundred and eighty-two and seven hundred and twenty cents was not paid to White and Case in this instance. When when no, we'll you do. requested that,
7: well, well, we'll do that in, in our response, Honourable Sir.
15: Okay. law Trusted Third Party Services Pty Ltd. The motivation for this deviation was that the system went live in April, 2020, instead of February, 2019, due to challenges in getting ESCOM policy signed off by all the relevant forums, who was responsible for this delay?
16: Um, thank you, Honorable Member. This is Faith Bern again. Um, I don't have uh, specific names of who was responsible, but I can give the reasons around the responsible, uh, the, re- the reasons for the delay. The reasons for the delay were really around the fact that um, the architecture um, was initially for a cloud solution. And at that point in time, cloud was not approved for ESCOM. And so that had to change. And then the second reason had to do with the policy um, that needed to be adapted for, for um, um, for it to be implemented. So those were some of the reasons that caused the delay. Thank
15: you, Linda. I uh, hear yeah, you, Ms. Ben, but um, you, you, you you, have a response on the reasons, but you do not know who was responsible for the delay. Surely you should know who worked on this particular uh, 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 contract or who is responsible for this. Because I do not understand why you would say you do not know who was responsible for the delay, but you have the reasons why um, there was a delay. So I think that we should surely be told who was responsible for this, even if it's not today, but uh, we should know because I cannot say that I do not know who is responsible, but equally have reasons um, why there was a delay. But not know who was responsible for the delay. Because we are talking of 2020 instead, April 2020 instead of implementation in 2019. So I do not believe that ESCOM would not know who was responsible for the delay.
16: Thank, thank you, Honourable Member. Um, um, I would just have to get the exact name and share that in, the, in a closed format. Um, but um, the delays were within um, the project team and the project manager. Um, and that would be within the IT division. Thank you, Jay.
15: Um Thank you. But still, I am saying to you that um, now you had just said to me, now you do not know who's responsible for the delay. When I interrogate you further, you are now saying that There's a manager, there's an IT manager, but you will still look for the name. Those are the problems that we have when you are responding to us because surely it can't be that you come here and then all of a sudden there is amnesia on who is an IT manager. And um, surely there was a project team leader. If you are mentioning project team, I'm just raising this so that when ESCOM comes here, you must know who is responsible for what and not only be able to give us reasons of delays because it seems like at most of the times, when you come here, you do not want to take the responsibility of naming who is in charge of what, when and how. On ESCOM Road Tech Industries ERI, the motivation provided by ESCOM for the deviation was that the minister and COP26 delegation's visit to Komati was deemed as an emergency. National Treasury's response was received after the work was completed. This application was not approved by National Treasury due to poor planning. Why was the site only prepared when the minister and the delegation visited the power station? Why did ESCOM go ahead with the work without obtaining the necessary approval from National Treasury?
4: Uh, thanks,
7: Honourable member. Mandy, are you responding to this one?
17: Thanks. Yes, I will. Thank you, uh, CFO. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, everybody. Uh, Honourable Mem- member, the the planning for this project was actually in place, and we had scheduled the construction for uh, according to our plan. However, we received notification a few days before this plan visit that the minister ministerial delegation plus an international ministerial delegation were going to visit Komatia way ahead of the schedule that we had planned. So we had to move up our schedule and do emergency work over the weekend to prepare the site for this visit. So that was the reason for this request. It was over a Saturday and Sunday that we made the request so that we could start the work. Um, ERI were on site. We did have the, the necessary people on site uh, due, to, due to ERI be on site in, in any case. Um, and so that's when the work uh, started so that we could have it ready when the ministers visited um, so honourable member that was the reason for moving the work up uh, in the schedule
15: so you are wanting to tell us that um, you you went ahead with such a huge um, project to visit a site and nobody had bothered to check whether you've got approval from national treasury or not. Because the reason why national treasury did not give you approval was due to poor planning. But you in your response are saying to me that
0: recording in progress
15: all our policies in relation to treasury giving you a go-ahead or is escom trying to tell us that if a minister tomorrow decides to visit a site you will at all cost go along with your plans because escom had planned and uh, not follow due process in terms of what must be approved by national treasury in that national treasury did not approve your application due to poor planning but you are saying to me that you had planned and because it was over a weekend that gives you justification to have proceeded because uh, there was a, a ministerial visit which was coupled with an uh, international ministerial delegation. Thank you, Chair.
17: Uh, Chair, if I may respond. Um, So honorable member, maybe if I could just clarify some of the context. So we did not implement the full project. The work that we needed to get done that weekend was to actually bring material onto site, to transport material from Rocheville as well um, to Kumati. Uh, which we normally do use ERI for. So it was tested by our procurement team for a reasonable cost. Um, So it was not the full project that was implemented. It was transporting material to site and doing some um, earthworks. And that was not the full project. Uh, We also then made the application on the Monday to National Treasury. So by no means were we uh, flouting governance processes. The uh, context also was that we were asked to demonstrate our uh, repowering and repurposing projects to the ministers to the delegation because we were uh, trying to obtain funding via the cop twenty six for the full uh, repowering repurposing program so all of like i uh, mentioned earlier, all of these projects were planned to be Implemented. In fact, we actually have gone out to the market now to the, for the full project. So the work that was done during that weekend was mainly to, to transport material to site. Um, so by no means are we saying that we would flood governance processes just to just for ministerial visits. But in that case, we were demonstrating that we actually are serious about repowering and repurposing our sites. And so a minimal amount of work was done that weekend. But, uh, Honourable member, we are out in the market now actually for that full project to be implemented. So we are following that process in terms of implementing the full project on-site. Just
1: on this one, Honourable Swartz, if I may, sorry. The action taken, right? On the right. And, and by the way here, you're speaking about 850,000 for site preparation and pre-works to comply with the steering and intergovernmental delegation at 850,000 rounds. I get the weekend part, but how does it correlate then to the initial works were performed by the ERI for a period of three weeks and that part of the work will be taken to the condemnation process? However, the bulk of the scope of the work has been reissued to the market, okay, get that part. But it just, it's boggling, actually.
0: Because I just just get a sense that um,
1: the request was sent to CPO at ESCOM, by ESCOM CPO, and the response was received after, right? Now, whether it's one rand or two rands or 850,000 rands, due process is due process. And I don't think there's an appreciation for that in the response that I'm hearing, could it was not the full scope of the project. Like, I, 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 it just, and also I'm just interested to know on this one. When did the processes of engaging national treasury actually start? Did they start for the purposes of the, inter- of the ministerial visit, or it started way prior for other things? That, which is now, of course, then the boxes 850,000 rands irregular. So I'm sorry, Honorable Swartz, just, I just wanted clarity on that.
17: Uh, Chair, thanks. If I may, through you, um, just to just to confirm, yes, we will follow a, a condemnation process uh, for the work that was out of um, that was not approved. Um, we so as I was saying, the the actual work to um, repurpose Kamati was part of our project plan, and it was a project was that was going to be implemented in uh, September October last year. Uh, But when we got notification of this visit by the ministerial delegation, uh, we moved up that schedule, and that's when we engaged National Treasury. So part of the original project plan was uh, included the engagements with National Treasury. uh, But we were going to obviously go out on market, open market for this work. But because we had to move up the schedule, and, and demonstrate to the delegation that was visiting that we were starting work at Komati Power Station. Uh, we had to engage National Treasury at that point uh, for this emergency work to be done.
0: was Oswas, you can proceed, sorry for that
1: interruption. Honorable Swartz. Colleagues, is Honorable Swartz online?
3: I suspect we've lost, uh, Let's verify.
12: Che, she's trying to reconnect again.
1: Okay, thank you. All right, um, I think the next uh, deviation is she back on, um, is um, number 86. Okay, she's back. All right,
0: Honorable Swartz. Thank you, Honorable Chair. That was my last question
15: But uh, I think you by as far as understand um, for them to it and yet, but then um, I think I was a question with you. Thank you.
1: Honourable Swartz, we're losing you. Right, Uh, colleagues, are there any questions on your part? Um, Please just come in if you wish to um, to speak. Hello? Yes?
18: Yes. it's Mkonto.
1: All right, Mkonto, please.
4: Can I come come in now, sir? Um, Yes, please.
18: Okay. Okay, thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Good morning to... Honourable members, uh, colleagues from uh, ESCOM and uh, National Treasury. Chair, I have been listening attentively to questions posed by fellow members and the responses given thereof. But Chair, I, I did not get, there is uh, one member that asked about uh, what is exactly going to happen to those who deliberately inculcated the unlawful culture of deviations and expansions um, and uh, ultimately decided to leave um, the entity? Um, can we get a formal commitment, Chair? Because I did not hear that as to exactly what is going to happen to them. Uh, can we go get a formal commitment uh, from ESCOM to say this is exactly they envisaged doing, uh, taking actions against those who brought all this to this entity, and then when they see signs of them being brought to book, they decided to leave. Thank you, Chair.
6: Can I respond to this, Chair? Yes, and uh, Prof, you may proceed. Yes, I I think uh, uh, we we follow, I think, laws in this country. And there is a a classic law that when somebody resigns from an organization, you have no uh, control or responsibility on them, except if there are criminal activities that have been conducted, which you should report and they follow the formal laws. So unless... Anybody who resigns uh, is accompanied by some criminal activity. There is very little that ESCOM or any organization in the country can do around such a person. So that's the principle that we follow. Um, We are obviously at the moment preparing ourselves to deal with the the State uh, Capture Commission uh, outcomes. And uh, we will observe some of these principles. We can't commit ourselves... To following people uh, that have already resigned which will be found to be unlawful. That's all that I want to say. Okay.
4: Um,
1: I think this of course is the outstanding discussion that we have had um, around uh, um, people globetrotting around uh, the different uh, government departments and state departments, it's it's one government, you know? So I think it's a discussion that does need to go further. I see your hand is up. Yes, Chair, my hand is up.
8: Chair, I thought the the Honorable Chairperson of the board will then complete his explanation to say, now that in the ESCOM, especially, there's a trend when the investigation starts on anyone, that person will resign. This is now a trend in ESCOM. I thought the Honorable Chair will then take us through under the same rules that govern the country and everybody else. Whether we are going to have the situation in ESCOM and the taxpayer is going to endure this, that people are alleged. On corruption, then they decide to resign before that matter has been concluded because there's nothing that we can do anyway. I just raised that I'm very worried, Chair, because the Honorable Chair also made mention of the fact that they are to deal with the Zondo report. Does that, is that, does that mean that, insofar as ESCOM is concerned, Nobody, and nobody will be liable on anything, especially when those people decided to resign. I just want to put this broad question, Chair. I'm very worried, Chair, because since we've been listening, the cases of 2017, this is to happen, that is to happen. But at the end, people resign. And the Honorable Chair says there's nothing that they can do. Uh, Chair, maybe you can. We must take this uh, as a committee and deal with it in another meeting. But, Chair, I am very, very concerned with the statement from the Honorable Chairperson, especially noticing the trend in ESCOM in particular. Thank you very
1: much. Well, thanks, Mamdolash. So maybe as a wider to your question, the additional no question becomes. Have there been any successful consequence management that have been placed at ESCOM insofar as all the matters that we are dealing with are concerned or related to these matters? Just as a yardstick measure to say that notwithstanding the uh, modus operandi of people who leave, but is the consequence management
6: to of people who have engaged I think you've been breaking chair I couldn't catch with uh, with what you were saying but uh, but there are there are lots of consequence management I think that we we carry out at ESCOM and maybe we should prepare a document that we should uh, submit to the committee in relation to this matter so that we don't speculate and so forth. As far as uh, honorable Tulaji is concerned, I mean, this is a general phenomenon. When I was at the university, you would know this, um, Leko that lots of academics, when they get into trouble and they have to be disciplined, they resign. It's, it is a general issue. That the lawmakers need to attend to because it does create a problem for all of us who are supposed to be accountable and responsible for these organizations. Thank you.
1: All right. um, uh, Thank you, uh, Prof. All right. As Mondrasha said, this is a matter we must take forward um, and look at. Right. I just want colleagues, um, are there any other hands? I'm always trying not to. Okay, um, can we go? I'm gonna I am going i want to go back to the expansions because um, okay. uh, so item number fifty nine, um, Q one group capital um, expansion request for P eighteen CB MS Medupi four.
0: The Honeywell Automation and Control Solutions. Item 59, yeah. Yes, right. So is this, um, no, not this one. This is, Q1, group capital expansion is not supported. Yes, that one. Thank you.
1: Uh, Is this linked to what we were dealing with earlier, the Honeywell
0: expansion?
1: Yes, Chair,
10: it is the same one. It just started between the two quarters. The NT asked for those additional information, which was then uh, concluded on the second
1: quarter, Chair. It is exactly Mm -hmm. the same Right. <clears throat> I just wanted that confirmation. So that now National Treasury says to you it does not support this because this contract has not been properly managed and it has been modified for a period of 54 months since inception 2013 and been operating on contingency funds and contingency value. Has been varied by eight hundred eighty-seven percent of the original contingency value, from twenty-two million to two hundred seventeen million. Now, I just, I, 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 I am, I'm not sure as to whether the the explanation we received, um, suffices. Um, earlier on. Uh, when I posed the question how many times this contract had been expanded and then said that the information was not there until I went back to my printed notes and I wrote here in in a red pen, red flag on this particular slide in preparation for today. Now can, can, can you speak to that? Because the reasons that have been advanced by national treasury are quite scathing, and certainly paint a far grimmer picture than what uh, than the euphemistic approach, which anchored the response we received in this particular one.
0: So
10: I think uh, one of the issues that National Treasury asked what was what that this contract was fruitless and wasteful. And Chair, I can confirm, because we have confirmed that the contract has not been fruitless and wasteful. The, the reason why the, the contingency was used, because the original scope of what this contractor was supposed to do on the contract did not change, Chair. It was mainly the issue of the uh, P's and G's and also the delays by by other suppliers that, but the original scope in terms of the contract did not change. The only thing that became unforeseen was this completion time, Chair. I think in, in, in hindsight, maybe it could have been managed differently, but that was the main reason. If you look at the contract value itself, at some point you have noted, Chair, that it has to be actually be they reduced actually because the the, the only the, the contingencies because of the unknowns that was was uh, dealt with uh, chair and then when national treasury did not support initially it was just to say give us more information on this in terms of how it's going to be done which we have then done and then submitted to national treasury chair hence then we received that approval on that
1: <laughs> like I was you, saying that, that, that is hardly the point but the the indictment is in your own response. When you say that on hindsight, things should have been done differently, no. On hindsight, things should have been done correctly. And the issue is fundamentally here is that National Treasury is saying to you that this contract has not been managed properly and has been modified for a period of 54 months since inception. That is, that is the crux and the nub of the matter. The establishment and creation of ex, of evergreen contracts through the backdoor of expansions and deviations, and this is a classic case. The contingency value has been varied by eight hundred and eighty seven
0: percent, and then it says
1: so. So, so the, the, there's no ownership of the improper management of this contract. I'm least bit interested in the secondary and tertiary issues. The nub of the matter is in the details which have been advanced, in the reasons that have been advanced by, 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 by National Treasury. You have not managed this contract correctly or properly. Yeah, to you, Chair, if you let me explain.
10: I think maybe what is important to explain that the contract that ESCOM have signed with the Honeywell has not expired, I think. It was more the internal issue in terms of because the contract is valid until the work is done from the contract perspective, uh, Chair. In terms of managing it, I did indicate, Chair, that the, the 10% where the contractor itself caused the delays, the contract we have levied the delay damages as allowed by the contract. So contractually, all what needed to be done was done chair and also on the other suppliers that caused the delay because this contractor where it didn't cause the delays contractually it is entitled for the extension of time that is contractual in line with the contract that we have signed with the contractor until he's got access to be able to do the job So that contract stay valid from contract but then then internal processes in terms of trying to manage things then we've got what we call dedication where then we needed to follow this expansion process which is also part of the process when we are experiencing this where the contract is still valid but the the internal controls has now run out of time that is the, the issue chair that we are dealing with but from the contract laws from the contract itself the contract where the contractor caused delays, the, the delays were levied to them. And then that's where we are. Hence, then there was the, from the verification that we had to also get different QS than the one that we're using to, to, to do these things to, to satisfy that, you know, that the, there was no fruitless expenditure that was incurred as a result of this supplier. It's just because of the delays on the other contractors on the civil side that they work they couldn't do it
1: thank you, Chair. Let me take up some, and I'm going to come back to this. Babu
5: No, 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 Chairman. I'm, 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 I'm with, I'm, I'm with you on this, this uh, uh, item, because it covers uh, the entirety of, of this whole thing that relates to how ESCOM uh, deals with. Uh, contracts generally, uh, you see, because this is not necessarily the year 2020, 2021, or the year 2019, 2020, or so forth. It has, it looks like it's a trend, uh, which is a, 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 somewhat a, it it's, 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 it's normal, normal practice, uh, uh, has viewed to be a normal practice, something which is abnormal uh, within 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 ESCOM. But then it gets back into Treasury. Uh, I I know for a fact uh, it it might be that Treasury has had uh, acting chief procurement officers for a while. Uh, you see, that that's, that's not that's not the uh a problem. You see, it's a problem of those who are uh, somewhat in authority at the treasury level. Uh but, but I would ask if if indeed the, the acting procurement chief procurement officer from treasury is here. Is 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 he here? Is he part of the meeting? The the procurement chief procurement officer, if he's part of the meeting. I would I would love to hear his comment uh, on this trend, just just this trend uh, which we are observing, and and uh, how is he uh, seeking to strengthen uh, the areas that relate to uh, matters of these uh, suspensions and deviations uh, because it gets back into. Uh, treasury as well although are doing hard uh, to approve or disapprove others and so forth but it still gets there uh, uh, in terms of in terms of the, uh, the Treasury note tree which which uh, uh, it might it might be uh, looked into and find way of uh, strengthening it for this purpose rather than creating loose ends because This kind of an approach leads to a huge risk of opening entities um, on the line uh, of corruption. Uh, You see, because once you um, loosen on contract management and and that these things arise, the gates are open. Uh, You know, so so it, it gets back to uh, tightening uh, the requirements as stipulated in the uh, instruction note number three um, is is the acting procurement chief procurement officer here uh, probably to give guarantee to such and a layer of fears on these matters um honorable chair okay. i am in the meeting
19: all right with, with your permission i will respond Um, Thank you, Honourable Member. We we as National Treasury are are concerned that we we are seeing these variations, expansions and deviations or modifications of contracts. You you, um, Honourable Members would note that it is um, Instruction Note 3 of 2016-17 that gives us the authority to um, request organs of states that before they expand the contract or before they deviate from any procurement process that they seek such a permission from us so that we may be able to consider it. Um, The the Honourable Committee members and the Chair um, as well as ESCOM um, colleagues would would note that it is not all the expansions um, or or, or the deviations that we have supported as National Treasury after we have applied to due diligence. Um, Ms. bassani dekars has alluded to a number of concerns that we are having, but one of the concerns that we are having is in the interest of um, service delivery, um, specifically for ESCOM, we are in some instances put in a corner where we have to um, um, consider um, Um, Some of the deviations based or expansions based on the risk that we have assessed in terms of their ability to to deliver um, um, electricity. For an example, if Duva Power Station has a unit that is down and they require specific spares or a specific service to bring that unit back so that they may be able to um, ease the strain on the network. We would, we would consider the utilization of such a supply and a deviation process um, to alleviate those issues of, 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 of um, having um, outages. But there are a number of concerns that we have. Not, they may not necessarily be for ESCOM um, honourable chairs, they may be for, for organs of states in general. Um, what we see, um, let me be specific to ESCOM. Um, what we see generally is you would find that ESCOM would request um, a single source utilization of SUSE for pumps, um, let's say steam feed pumps, um, for one power station and three, four, five um, um, months down the line, they request for the same commodity um, for another power station. And then um, again, they would request for another, um, for kuberg What we then start to question with regards to such trends is what then happens with the demand plan where you are looking at critical critical and scarce commodities um, that you're supposed to map and be in a position to say, this is critical, this is scarce, this is OEM. How am I going to be able to manage procurement of such? Um, on a once-off basis, um, going out on tender and testing the market to establish the availability. What we found um, in our analysis was that one power station may have a Suzer pump. But that does not necessarily mean that the Suzer pump in that power station is the only pump that's available that can perform the certain task. But because there is six units parallel to each other and, and some are using SUSE pump, ESCOM would want to standardise. National Treasury would not, um, from a technical point of view, dictate to um, ESCOM that they can have SUSE and they can have another type of pump make um, um, in, in place of the SUSE pump. We, we, we then would caution um, ESCOM in such instances and say, you're looking for a pump to do a certain work. You are not necessarily looking for a SUSE pump. But we do not want to infringe in their technical ability to make such a decision. Our responsibility is to make sure that the procurement process is followed. You would also have issues of expansion is a biggest concern to us because that's where corruption may evolve. People in the background may stifle the progress of a project and with the subsequent result that such um, an action results in project overrun and incurrence of additional costs. One of the honourable members indicated that project management is the biggest concern. Indeed, if projects are not managed properly, overrun of projects or scope creep in the projects results in project in in contract modification. That is not the position that we want um, these projects to be in um, because it then jeopardizes an opportunity for somebody else to tender for either the same type of scope um, if the project um, allows, or it, it, it does not help us in the fiscus as well, because then we are spending much more than we projected in terms of the project plan. And 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 um, national treasury specifically as the one that manages the first would would have a terrible concern with regards to projects over us. It means that we the um, the unending injection of costs into ESCOM then starts to become a concern. Um, Those are our concerns and and, and they they run across um, most of the organs of state. One of the other things that is critically important, and that also comes out very strong from ESCOM, is um, it seems like in some instances, um, deviations or modifications are sent to National Treasury to test whether they will accept um, such a modification or not given the limitations that national treasury are not technical in in, in nature, our responsibility is to ensure that process is followed um, correctly. There's there's only me, I think, in in the whole of the OCPO, who's an engineer, the rest are are qualified in other fields applicable in the SCM space. Um, That poses a huge risk with regards to how true is what has been submitted um, based on the risks that are listed. Um, um, From a process point of view, Honourable Chair, we may not fault the process, but when you look at the technical um, application um, in the submissions, um, that's where we have concerns because we keep on having comebacks with regards to projects not not completed um, in, in in that instance. I may have to mention at this point that instruction mode 3 of 2016-17 has given us that leverage to be able to provide that, um, that support or not support function as a national treasury. But we have taken over a huge responsibility that the accounting officers are supposed to play in terms of making sure that procurement happens um, as enshrined in the constitution and as prescribed in the PFMA as well as the Triple PFA Reg- um, um, Act. We, we are um, revising that instruction note um, based on what we have seen um, um, in terms of the, the, the workload that we are receiving. The number of deviations and the number of contract modification have shot over time. Um, and that has, has resulted in National Treasury being the arbiter in in most of of these um, deviations and expansions. ESCOM has come um, out to to media and said, we are creating bottlenecks in that process. That could be partially true because we apply our mind thoroughly with regards to these deviations. But we have seen seen, seen that um, we need to give the accounting officers and the accounting authority their powers in terms of the PFMA that they must make determination with regards to does this warrant to be a modification, does this warrant to be a deviation and national and report to national treasury accordingly? Such a revision is coming through, here and organs of states would have it um, in a not so um, 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 distant time with regards to that instruction not being revised. We will play in oversight responsibility um, and monitoring and compliance, but accounting officers. Must take the accountability for the decisions
0: that they make with regards to variations um, and modification of contracts. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
5: All right. Uh-huh. So, um, thank you, Babu Sonia? Aha. That uh, when you see these kinds uh, of actions or inaction. Uh, around matters of procurement. How do you grant the same to individuals or institutions who have shown failure tremendously on the line of meeting the prescripts? You are throwing it to their faces. And, and, uh, and, and, and therefore, you are saying the country must rely on those who break the law uh, on, within the context of saying they, they seek to drive service delivery, uh, uh, you know? And, and uh, if this is the nature of things that we see, how on earth are you going to give this right, this kind of work, this responsibility uh, to those who are failing us currently? Uh, 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 you know? But your last point is, is, is what one harbors in terms of fear. Uh, once treasury takes a decision, Uh, on such a loophole in such area. Thanks, Chair.
1: All right, thank you very much. Let's get response to that. Um,
19: Through you, Honorable Chair, if I may respond. Um, Honorable Member, the challenge that we're having at the moment is, National Treasury becomes a bottleneck in the process. Um, Due to the number of requests that we receive for deviations and for modification of contracts. Um, We we can only, um, we only have a limited number of um, 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 full-time equivalent officials within the um, governance monitoring um, and compliance unit Um, that can be able to look at these matters. It's it's not only matters of deviations or modification, it's also matters of condemnation processes it's also a matter of clarification of processes to organs of states that may require so. It's also matters of reporting and making sure that we pick up trends that are that are unfavorable or trends that enhances um, government uh, public procurement um, um, space. These um, um, deviations. Maybe I should also add that national treasury does not approve. Um, um, our responsibility in the process is to support and not support the deviation or modification. The overall accountability is with the accounting officer with regards to the, the delegated authority in terms of PFMA. We have played this role um, um, since 20, uh, 2015, um, when, when, we, when the instruction was, was, was drafted and in 2016 when it was um, issued um, 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 to the organs of states, um, what we are doing currently chair, is to look at the trends before the instruction and trends during so that we may be able to manage um, the the trends um, once this new instruction load is put in place. Um, but the most important thing is that accounting offices, um, 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 must take account of that in terms of PFMA, also in terms of the budget that they have been given, make sure that they spent it in line with the um, approved risk, risk that governs public procurement um, um, and national treasury and report to national treasury on frequent basis so that we may be able to pick up trends and engage with um, organs of states where unfavorable trends are being picked up. Um, 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 committees such as this um, would, would, would then be in a position to have a fuller picture with regards to the trends, um, um, as we would have recorded them, and, and, and managed to get responses from the accounting offices based, to, based on their due delegate, delegated authority. Um, um, I was excited when, when, when it was a concern for the committee when we started that the accounting officer be accountable for the final signature on these deviations rests with the accounting officer and not necessarily with the national treasury.
1: Thank you very much, Chair. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Um Sonia,
5: are you fine? I'm not, I'm not fine, Chair. I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. not fine. I'm not fine. You see, we're sitting here with with a with a list which is presented to us, approvals, not approvals, conditional approvals, these are coming from the desk of the accounting officer, which is the indication of what is going to happen if this kind of work is given over uh, to them to deal with uh, in terms of the uh, actual loopholes in in the operational standards uh, of their own institution. I'm not saying that uh, national treasurer should do their work, uh, of those institutions work or accounting officers work. But at least on the matter that relates to uh, the areas of foreseeing the actual expenditure, which is in line uh, with the prescription, And, and uh, those uh, areas which uh, national treasurers foresaw, foresaw uh, over time, that, that these kinds of prescriptions must be issued out in terms of uh, treasury notes. And, and uh, uh, it, it might be uh, that you are getting into, closer into an area of dereliction uh, in as far as such items are concerned. And, and uh, it, it even goes further to say, why is national treasury failing to appoint the permanent staff on these senior positions uh, for decisions? Uh, of this nature to be taken and respected um, uh, quite quite well uh, in in attending to matters that relate to such experience. I, I really don't see this as a bottleneck. Uh, if it's a bottleneck, is a is a caused bottleneck by such institutions, uh, institutions themselves that give given law to attend to. If they fail to do so, they're in for it, and therefore they must account appropriately around those matters, you see. This is coming from, this is uh, signed off by the accounting officer. And you want to say, give it to them uh, as it is for them to uh, follow the trail and track uh, while they are uh, doing this kind of work, uh, which is really not uh, uh, palatable in terms of uh, how contract uh, 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 instances are are somewhat uh, uh, managed, we are going to see a situation in this institution of a prolonged term, unnecessarily uh, of contracts, uh, creating uh, uh, a perpetual uh, contractual engagement, which was not supposed to be there uh, in the way. So, so, so your assertion should be informed by what you see, uh, not by what you think. And 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 indeed, I think you would be wrong if you say. Uh, this is uh, how things should go in as far as the a uh, question uh, that relates to approvals uh, uh, of uh, deviations extensions and, uh, uh, and 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 some so, so 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 i'm expressing my own view chair uh, uh on what uh, national treasury think they ought to uh in light of wanting to fight bottlenecks this is not a bottleneck if it's a bottleneck it's 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 caused by yeah. the very same institution
1: Okay. No, well, thank you very much, also I, I think this we, we 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 agree with you. If it's a like it's a necessary one in this case, for lack of a better phrase. Um. So, colleagues, are there any other matters that you would like to to, to raise? Um. But I I I, I think on what we've raised this issue of the. CPO uh, and just staff in general at National Treasury. Um, I think we need to just have an interaction with the uh, with the minister uh, on this matter so that we can tie it down. Um, I just have two more questions, which I think National Treasury has to. I mean, yes, When you apply for deviations, most often than not, National Treasury says to you, go to the open market. Why must it take National Treasury to tell you to do that? Because whilst um, before, um, I've, I've used the very now broken record phrase of uh, expansions and deviations are exception not a norm I think the the flip side of that coin is that you are using expansions and deviations as a second a second a, 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 a way to circumvent a due process or thorough process so why must it take national treasury to tell you that you need to go to the open market I mean I can pick uh, one example here um, where is it on the deviation of in quota one escom Rotech industries um, where it says that it was not supported by national treasury an open tender process will be followed but why must it why must it take national treasury for you to do the the right things of complying with the constitution, amongst others of competitive bidding processes. So you are you are in effect really just at time wanting an easy way out to circumvent due
11: process. Why? Sure, maybe. Uh, thank. You, let me answer that. Um, I, if you remember the. TAP was an internal su- supplier, it had the status of internal supplier for many, many years. And we were in the process of looking at the training academy. And it was at that stage it was withdrawn. So it was only on that basis that we went to National Treasury uh, to see if we could uh, continue with the uh, training academy through TAP. Uh, I, must, I must say, all of our other uh, service providers, etc. cetera, have gone to the open market. And since the ruling, uh, we've gone to the open market on on those tap issues. Thanks, Jim. Um, um,
4: Yeah,
1: I I, 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 I get that, but I'm not getting a response to my question. My question is on the reliance on... um, expansions and deviations and then you're getting responses along the lines of saying go to the open market and the question is why are you not doing that on your own volition i can pick another one here Uh, on quarter two group it the 10 to the open market will be issued in quarter four so these are not things that are not uh, available in the market so I, I, I get that uh, very you know singular response to the example I'm making, but I'm, I'm making a, 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 a general statement with conviction on this matter. Even if you look at the conditional uh, some conditions, it says, okay fine, but you could have and should have gone to the open market. That's the point that's the point I'm making.
7: Uh, Chairman, if I may respond. Uh, uh, I think think you've seen in terms of the deviations, the number of deviations that we have applied for, I think, uh, in this period, as I introduced, was about 23, I think, up until December. And and the new contracts that ISTEN has concluded for, for the current financial year, is about 1,600. So, so here, uh, many of the circumstances where we ask for the deviations and I'm specifically talking on deviations, it's where as Eskim we believe that it is a transaction that is a a sole source and a single source. And, and as per the requirements, we, we need to get permission from National Treasury uh, to be allowed to deviate. So uh, well, I think that if you look at the overall number of contracts that were concluded for the year, we've only requested 23 deviations and agree with Chuchi and honorable members, it's really should be an ex- exceptional circumstance. And maybe just between ourselves and, and National Treasury, and I guess the same applies and our other state organs, we'll have to get alignment on this agreement or criteria of what is this uh, sole source or, or single uh, source supplier that would then very clearly give that direction to up uh, upfront to go to the market. Uh, so I just wanted to add that, Chair. Thanks.
1: All right. Um, Just to conclude um, on my side, um, what's the total value of your financial relationship or invoice between ESCOM and ENS? They seem to be a very prominent feature um, on that. And then I just wanted to follow up on the Equine oil matter. That matters in court, right? Um, and yet you are penalizing them. Uh, what, what happens when, when, when if the court finds otherwise on the on the matters, or finds adversely to yourselves? Um, and then the final question is. On your last slide in the conclusion, you indicate that the reconciliation of national treasury registers and ESCOM registers is ongoing. What is the timeline of that? And when do you envisage on completing that particular uh, work? So just those three things, and then we'll be good to go.
7: Thank you. Thank you, Chair. If Mel can deal with the uh, ENS and the Econ Oil and change on the recons, thanks.
13: Thank you, Caleb. A chair to you. Um, I'm just going to confirm what the total contract value for this specific instruction, as related to ENS. I think um, it's around six million, but um, I'll get back to you shortly. You no, no, I'm
1: account, looking for. I'm looking for you. Even if yeah, I'm looking for the entirety of your entirety. financial okay. relationship with the. Um, yeah, not not not. Um, yeah, how much of? Yeah, how much are you paying? Oh, yeah. Let me. see. Yeah, I just okay. I'm just quite interested in. in yeah.
13: Thank you, Chair Limited. Um, Chair, in terms of Econ Chief Oil, so. The I beg your pardon, Chair.
1: I was saying you can proceed.
13: Okay, great. I'll revert regarding the total value spend for ENS. Um, on Econ Oil. I think we, we need to be careful. So there's, there's various components of legal matters that are underway. The matters that are currently before the court and the matter that's currently in arbitration are all civil matters. We have definitive findings of irregular conduct, illegal conduct as related to econ oil. And on that basis, Eskom has a suspended econ oil from its supplier database. So that's something that, that's separate to the current proceedings that's before court. Um, I, I think it's important that we actually make that distinction. Chair, thank you. I, ho- I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, it does, but I mean the 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 caution us here we asked the questions. Just difficult as they are the caution is noted but substantively the issue remains. And that's not been responded to. Right, the next responses?
17: Honourable Member, it's Gen3 Sancta, the acting CPO, so I want to answer on the matter of reconciling registers. Uh, perhaps it's it's incorrectly said as ongoing. What we should be saying is every quarter we reconcile our registers with National Treasury so that what is published by national treasury is actually what we present ourselves to scopla so it's ongoing in the sense that we do it every quarter but um it's not an action that's overdue chip because we do it every quarter thank you
4: i'm
1: I'm reminded of a, a friend of mine who when he speaks to his little one he always says use your words and so I think in preparing presentations, write what you mean and mean what you say. Use your words. Don't leave things to speculation. All right, okay. colleagues, are there, any, are there any other matters um, that you would like to, to raise, colleagues? Are you all fine? All right, um, I'm not sure if the deputy minister ended up uh, joining. Sister uh, Dombe, can you? All right, let me. Uh... Yeah, you see, that, that's the problem. Minister's not here, GM's not here, CEO is not here. And then it's as if we're being pedantic and we're being petty. Uh, when 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 these things are raised, I just don't think it 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 creates for a healthy working relationship for ESCOM and DPE to position themselves uh, on collision course with this community in the manner in which things are being done. And I think that our our sense of understanding as a community on the very complicated and complex matters, and to the extent to which we understand that we may not always be together all the time, is being taken for a ride. I don't think it's acceptable. And quite frankly, I think it flies in the face of accountability, responsibility and oversight. At best, it is a key indication of institutions who are helping to an undermining Parliament. To what extent uh, it, you, you they want to take you want to take it and what you want to achieve. Uh, that is uh, up to you. You, 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 you are at liberty to do what you want to do. But what we are also at liberty to do is that we will drag you here through something as if we have to. So, take yourselves as warned. Because, quite frankly, this this situation is untenable. We're already grappling with the difficulties of having to interact with you virtually, which makes the meetings very, very difficult. And even then on that basis, there's no compliance. Suffice it to say, treatment of disdain. And it's not the first time we have raised these issues, but it's as if we are speaking to a world. It is not right. And if you see us as an irritation, well, take it from me. We are a necessary irritation until you get things right. And the only way to get us off your backs is if you do the right things and you do the correct things. In the absence of that, we are a permanent feature of your daily lived reality. If you want Scopa out of a job and this is to you, everybody else, do the right things. Then there's no findings and then there's no reason for us to, to meet. But until that point, embedded in your operational DNA that from time to time you will have to come before Parliament in this committee. So like I'm saying, this is the last time I am issuing this caution. Minister is not here, the Deputy Minister is not here, the CEO is not here. Right, and the hand of Honourable Mawatu
12: is up. No, Chair, you, you covered me. I was going to speak about that because now we assist with officials who, when we ask questions, they are gribbling. Sometimes we even wonder, are they not receiving SMSs to say, don't answer that one? You know, it's very complex. When the are, are accountable people that have been employed to be accountable, they are not here, it's, it's, it's really wrong. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, chair, you summed up the meeting uh, in that uh, on that note, but I fully support what you just said. It's very wrong um, and they must present themselves to SCOPA as and when SCOPA requires a, a meeting. Thank you, chair.
1: All right, um, thank you very much. So I'm gonna hand over to
12: uh,
1: the chair of the board for concluding remarks on his part. Um, and then we'll just one or two announcements and then we'll call it a day.
6: Prof? Yeah, thank you, uh, honorable uh, members and the chair. Uh, I think we have uh, obviously listened and uh, there are a number of useful, I think, comments that have come out of this uh, meeting today and we'll take note of that and um, improve uh, from the lessons that we have learned. Um, I, I really do think that, uh, uh, Honorable Members, we should uh, try and be honest with each other that uh, you know, we should all follow protocols and be professional in the way we do things uh, because uh, sometimes we follow these protocols and things get hidden in the tracks and so forth and they don't reach each other but we should just remember that that's the nature of this. And I really think that as, as a committee, an oversight committee, these lines of communications should really be simplified so that we can all be accountable for the mistakes we make rather than be accountable in a very indirect manner. Um, I try to respect protocol, and I think this committee obviously does its job as it's supposed to do, it's responsible, and we will adhere to that. However, I do believe that there are problems in the communications problem, in the communication sphere. Um, as you have, you have heard from the DG of National Treasury, they are not completely fully staffed, And I suspect that it may be happening in other departments too, that we have to deal with. And at the end of the day, we take the consequences of this sort of things, but be that as it may, I do agree that uh, as long as we don't do things the right way, you will be on our back and hopefully you won't break our back before we are able to carry you and, uh, and, and be correct and do things the right way as you, you have requested. I think I'm grateful that we We have had this meeting and there are lots of lessons that have happened. There are two issues that I also want to mention. I think the whole procurement system of our country, whether it's overseen by national treasury or by the state-owned enterprises, I think it requires to be revamped in a manner that everybody understands it. It seems like uh, everybody is free to be in the zoo to do as they wish in terms of procurement. And this has been the biggest problem that I'm observing and I'm seeing all the time. Project management is another one that I think uh, uh, has been mentioned in this meeting. Another one is consequence management. I think uh, one of the simplest thing to to do consequent management is to tell somebody that you are going to discipline them. And as, as soon as you do that, they think of an exit door because the laws allows that. But uh, be that as it may, I always uh, value, I think the inputs that you bring here. Sometimes they're painful and difficult, but nevertheless, there are lessons that we need to learn in order that we can develop as, uh, as we try to transform and improve what happens at ESCOM. I thank you all.
1: All right, and thank you very much, Chair uh, um, Yeah, we'll, I, I, t- I take what, what you are saying on the communication part, but I think I, I must hasten to say that this problem only arises uh, when we're dealing with the DPE and ESCOM. And I think that is what uh, shines the spotlight uh, on it. Otherwise, we we, we don't have it. Right, so let me thank you, Chairperson and uh, and the board members who are present and say that, uh, of course, our interaction with ESCOM is a work in progress given the gravity of the situation. Uh, And um, until we are satisfied that things have turned the corner, Um, we we, we, we will be present. I just want to, therefore, thank uh, you, Chair, and the Board, and the Executives who are present uh, this morning, uh, and um, hope that uh, there will be an improvement in the financial management, contract management, and consequence management um, realities of ESCOM. Uh, So that uh, ESCOM is is functional, Uh, not just functional in terms of uh, providing electricity, which is its core mandate, uh, which at this point in time um, leaves very little to be desired. But be that as it may, functionality and effectiveness at every management level, consistent with the law. And that is our only expectation—the right things being done. So I hope um, that, uh, that 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 suffices. Um, I I I was tempted to say happy birthday to ESCOM, but there's very really little to be happy about. Um, on that note, uh, colleagues, tomorrow we've got the SAPC um, a hearing. on the SAPC. And you'll be receiving correspondence uh, later on um, today uh, on the SSA matters uh, for your consideration in terms of the roadmap which we had um, agreed upon uh, on the other matters that we will uh, uh, still have to be dealing with. So there will be further communication on the ESCOM visit matter of the committee so on that note uh, colleagues let me take this opportunity to thank you and wish you well and um, say we'll meet tomorrow at half past nine uh, to deal with the SCPC and the house is sitting this afternoon at 1400 hours so without any further ado the meeting stands adjourned thank you
0: Recording stopped.
1: Thank you, Check. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Yeah. How I... you? I'm I'm